1: Fauci defends the Biden vaccine mandate. Uh, We're trying our best to convince people, but you reach a certain point where you
2: almost hit a wall that you're not going to get to a certain group of people, and that's where mandates come in.
1: The Biden administration plays the Afghanistan blame game. He inherited an agreement
2: that his predecessor had reached with the Taliban to remove all remaining forces from Afghanistan by May 1st of this year.
1: This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories for Tuesday, September 14th. I'm Rich Thomason. The Atlantic details a new comprehensive COVID study spanning the period from March of last year through June of this year. It suggests roughly half of all hospitalized patients showing up on COVID data dashboards in 2021 may have been admitted for another reason entirely or suffered only a mild case of the virus. Opposition to President Biden's COVID vaccine mandate seems to be having a unifying effect, bringing together Republicans and Democrats, according to Daybreak Insider's Bernie Bennett.
3: Governors have vowed to sue. Businesses have vowed not to comply. Now, new polling proves that a large majority of Americans have also rejected President Biden's new vaccine mandate. Nearly 60% of Americans say that the president's mandate is unconstitutional, according to a new poll from the Trafalgar Group. What's more, 55% of Americans say the mandate sets a dangerous precedent, and 56% say that state governors should fight back in courts. According to the poll, 68.2% of independent voters believe that the mandate is unconstitutional, and 83.5% of Republicans think the same.
1: Daybreak Insider's Eric Cudd says there's a growing body of evidence suggesting the mandates might be more political than
3: science-driven. The Daily Wire is reporting that Joe Biden consulted with union leaders before announcing his vaccine mandates. That puts reports that some unions could receive exemptions from the mandate for their membership under greater scrutiny. The new policies announced last Thursday include a new federal mandate it's enforced through the Occupational Health and Safety Administration's emergency powers. Businesses with more than 100 employees will force their staff to get the shot or submit to rigorous testing. Failure to do so can incur fines of $14,000 per violation, although the definition of a violation is not yet clear.
1: Dr. Anthony Fauci quoted as saying that air travel should require vaccination as well. RedState.com publishing a tweet showing congressional Democrats gathered for the Congressional Remembrance Ceremony honoring 9-11 victims. One photo shows all of them wearing masks when the cameras are on. The other shows no one masking up when the cameras were off. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis quoted by HotAir.com is saying his defense of the unvaccinated is not limited to protecting them from vaccine passport requirements They also will not have to get immunized if they work for a state or local agency in Florida. In the first of two days of congressional testimony, Secretary of State Blinken has defended the Biden administration's chaotic withdrawal of U.S. troops from Afghanistan. Daybreak Insider's Bernie Bennett.
3: House Foreign Affairs Committee ranking Republican Michael McCall, asks Secretary Blinken for a commitment to evacuating Americans from Afghanistan.
0: Will you guarantee to this committee. Now we are at the mercy of the Taliban, though. Can you guarantee to this committee that we will get them out?
3: Secretary Blinken defended the thinking behind President Biden's withdrawal.
0: If 20 years and hundreds of billions of dollars
2: in support, equipment and training did not suffice, why would another year, another five,
1: another ten?
3: The secretary meets with the Senate Foreign Relations Committee on Tuesday. And Blinken tells
1: lawmakers the Trump administration tied President Biden's hands. On Afghanistan.
2: He inherited an agreement that his predecessor had reached with the Taliban to remove all remaining forces from Afghanistan by May 1st of this year. As part of that agreement, the previous administration pressed the Afghan government to release 5,000 Taliban prisoners, including some top war commanders. Meanwhile, it reduced our own force presence to 2,500 troops.
1: Lincoln insisting the U.S. has worked hard to get people out of Afghanistan, although some remain trapped. Behind enemy lines.
2: The evacuation itself was an extraordinary effort. Under the most difficult conditions imaginable. By our diplomats, by our military, by our intelligence professionals. They worked around the clock to get American citizens, Afghans who helped us, citizens of our allies and partners, and at-risk Afghans on planes, out of the country.
1: House Foreign Affairs Committee Chair Democrat Gregory Meeks challenging critics of the retreat to detail what they would have done differently.
3: I would welcome hearing what exactly a smooth withdrawal from a messy, chaotic 20-year war looks like. In fact, I've yet to hear the clean withdrawal option because I don't believe one exists.
1: The committee's ranking Republican is Congressman Michael McCall of Texas. He says there is no excuse whatsoever for the way the Afghanistan withdrawal was conducted, suggesting the buck does indeed stop with Joe Biden.
0: This was an unmitigated disaster of epic proportions. I never thought in my lifetime that I would see an unconditional surrender to the Taliban.
1: Republican Steve Chabot of Ohio.
0: This administration's bungled pullout from
2: Afghanistan just may be the worst foreign affairs disaster in American history. You've essentially surrendered that country and its people to the good graces of the Taliban. And the Taliban doesn't have good graces.
1: Spreading the blame, Secretary Blinken also pointing the finger at Afghan security forces.
2: Even the most pessimistic uh, assessments did not predict that government forces in Kabul would collapse while U.S. forces remained.
1: Journalist Laura Logan says she sees more than just sheer ineptitude at work here. Logan on Fox with Judge Jeanine Pirro says she believes the Biden people had a plan... And executed that plan.
4: What we've done is given victory to Al Qaeda on the twentieth anniversary of nine eleven. And I don't believe it's incompetence because there's way too many indications that we know exactly what they're, we're doing. Every standard operating procedure, from whether it's disintegrator machines that are supposed to destroy our data to uh, the the attack planes and all the military equipment that we have in place, there is four hundred million things that we could be doing right now to change the outcome. We do not have to leave weapons in the hands of the terrorists responsible for 9-11.
1: Logan says the U.S. sits on the sidelines as Afghan freedom fighters Continue their struggle. There
4: are still Afghans fighting today. Special operations forces that never gave up. The democratically elected leader of Afghanistan, the acting president Amr Lassala, is still fighting today. And we have chosen to side with terrorists, and we're intending to fund them with US taxpayer money, which is the greatest disservice yes. to every American. And Jake is right. We've never been more vulnerable, we've never been more isolated, and for some insane reason, we're breaking the law negotiating with terrorists, supporting terrorists. We were even going to give the Air Force and sensitive intelligence capabilities that are in Uzbekistan right now from Afghan pilots who fled. We agreed to give those to the Taliban, not just leave the weapons they have in their hands, but give them more. So our own forces are equipped with that technology. So what you're doing is a death sentence for everyone wearing an American uniform.
1: The president's mental acuity remains an issue for some. New York Post and Washington Examiner columnist Selena Zito asked about it by Salem Radio's Hugh Hewitt.
5: I don't know what to think about the president, but I, I do know that what I like, do see from him, the, the, the small little snippets, and, and it really is snippets of what we see of him, I find it incredibly disturbing troubling. I don't mean this as someone, you know, is looking at it from a partisan point of view. I'm saying this is someone that was looking at someone who doesn't seem to have it all there.
6: Hughes' take? He's an old man. He is infirm. I don't think he's got Alzheimer's. I don't think he has dementia. I just think he's an old man.
5: Right. Absolutely. I mean, we've seen this with members in our own families or neighbors when, when, you know, when you get old, things get scrambled, and you start um, throwing different pieces of conversations all together in one. And and that's, I think, exactly what he's exhibiting there.
6: You and, get repetitive and stubborn as well. And I have dealt with repetitive <laughs> yeah. and stubborn old people. And that, again, it's not dementia. It's just repetitive and stubborn. And, and as a result, millions of women and And hundreds of Americans, they're absolutely stranded. And I don't believe the media isn't covering this.
1: Zito says these are nagging questions that will not go away.
5: Just because it's gotten out, it it has been removed from the front pages of our newspapers or uh, the newsletters that go out or on social media, doesn't mean that people, the American people, have forgotten about it.
1: Although Hughes says the media remains desperate to shift the focus away from this issue and from various Biden administration failures. We're not
6: saying there's a conspiracy. We're just saying they've turned the page. They want to talk about but, anything exactly. else. They want to They want to talk about COVID or anything other than the deeply disgraceful exit and what is happening. I mean, if you look at what's happening, it's terrible. And people do not want to see that, or at least news executives don't want to. And I think the Biden people are calling up network executives since they don't cover exam. I, I know that's happening, as a matter of fact. I know that's happening. They're lobbying to get Afghanistan off of the air.
1: Zito suggests the American attention span may not be quite as short as some people might think.
5: You know, it used to be when you and I were kids, when we were growing up, what was on the news, what was on the front page, it was what people talked about and cared about. These days, people are much more um, um, selective about what they um, pay attention
1: to. As for popular discontent, 74% of U.S. adults now say they are very or somewhat angry about the way things are going in the country today. That includes 88% of Republicans, 70% of Independents, even 67% of Democrats. Some deep-pocketed Democratic groups launching a nationwide six-figure ad campaign aimed at defending the administration's handling of Afghanistan. Axios says there are two principal entities behind the campaign. Vote Vets is a progressive veteran's outfit, and Unite the Country is a super PAC that backed the 2020 Biden campaign. A 30-second TV spot features a retired Army officer who lost both of his legs in Afghanistan in 2009. The vet says of Biden, he stood by our troops and we stand with him. The group will spend about $250,000 placing the ad in cable news programs. Hoping to help embattled California Governor Gavin Newsom remain in office, President Biden paid a visit to the state on Monday, Biden playing the Trump card
0: yet again. I'm going to make this as simple as I can. You either keep Gavin Newsom as your governor or you'll get Donald Trump. It's not a joke.
1: A reference to Republican frontrunner Larry Elder. The Wall Street Journal says polls ahead of Tuesday's recall say that Newsom's job is secure. The governor raised $70 million to fight the recall. That's more than five times the $13 million raised by Elder. A West Virginia college soccer player heading to court over women's sports. Alliance Defending Freedom Attorneys representing a West Virginia State University female athlete in defense of the state's Save Women's Sports Act. If a challenge to that law succeeds, males who identify as female would be able to compete with biological females in girls' and women's sports. ADF attorneys also representing collegiate female athletes in Idaho and Connecticut. And finally, AOC making headlines again. New York Democrat Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez attended the Metropolitan Museum of Art's annual Costume Institute Gala, a $35,000 per ticket event, a $250,000 per table price tag. AOC showing up in a custom-made designer gown emblazoned with the slogan, big red letters, Tax the Rich. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify or Salem Podcast Network.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at Daybreakinsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at srnnews.com and townhall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. Join us again tomorrow. I'm Rich Thomason.